Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your good hand upon everyone that is here. Lord, we're here again this evening. Please send us help. Please have mercy on us. Father, please send your word into every heart here today. And let there be impartation this evening. Please don't let any one of us live here the same way that we have come. At everybody's level, Lord, please send your word to them. We thank you and we give you praise. Thank you because after this um, fellowship, we would look more like Jesus and we would we would go forward in our journey. We bless you and we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Can we put our hands together for the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. And then let's appreciate the worship team. God bless you. Amen. Good evening, everybody. How, how are we doing today? Good to see everybody. Um, it's a good day. It's a good day already. Gradually, we're... Um, I think after this, we just have one more Saturday service. And then, I'm never also going to miss Saturday. Yeah, but it's for, it's for a higher, it's for a higher calling. Amen. So this evening, um, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we'll be sharing the word. And I believe that it will bless you. There are quite a number of scriptures that I want us to, to see this evening. But let's begin with Isaiah, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. And we'll be reading from 28. Popular uh, verse of scripture. Amen. Trusting God tonight that something would happen to you very deep on your inside. Doesn't have to be uh, dramatic, but if you if you stay with me and you your heart is here, I believe that God will touch you in a very very deep way. So so from verse twenty eight. The Bible says, have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Let's stop here. The Bible says, now I know we, 
we know these things or we, we have a mental uh, understanding of it, but we don't really, really, we don't really, really appreciate it. The Bible says, have you not known? So that means that this is something that is worthy of being um, proclaimed. This is something that is worthy of being preached about. It says, have you not heard? So in other words, you are meant to know and you are meant to have heard that God, the creator of the ends of the earth, the Bible says that he does not faint nor is weary. Amen. Now you know that if God used to faint, none of us would be here. Amen. If God, if God gets tired, the way we get tired, none of us will be here. But the Bible says that God does not faint and God does not get weary. Um, this evening, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be sharing with you one of the characteristics of people that are fainting or getting weary and that characteristic is inability to either look forward or go forward. In other words, they don't really see the future as they should. So it means that one of the things that God is in the business of doing, and you will see it from scripture, is increasing your strength. God is in the business of imparting strength to us as frequent as we need it. How many of us know that the dispensation of grace is more demanding than the dispensation of the law? If you don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you today. Grace is more demanding. That's why I want to beg you, don't join the tithe debate. Amen. It's a very, very useless way of spending your time. Because to give 10% and to give all, which one is harder? To give all. So by the time we're still debating 10%, time is going and the enemy is rubbing, off, rubbing us off of a lot of things. So the Bible says God does not faint and God is not weary. If you are going to do impossible things in your lifetime, these are some of the understandings that you you should have because you would get to many points in your life where you would practically feel like fainting or you'll be weary. But you need to put this somewhere in your heart that God neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Let's go to the next verse. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases 
strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Amen. Now we'll continue, but let's, let's stay there for, for a few minutes. The Bible says, even the youths. So that means that this that has happened or is about to happen, it's not something that is meant to happen. Because if it was something that used to happen regularly, it won't be, it won't be news. Do we understand that? Because the Bible says that the glory of young men is their strength. So young people are not expected to faint. But when you begin to see young people fainting, then you know that there is problem. And we all need to, we all need to run to God. Are, are, we, are we following this? Please stay with me this evening. I don't know when the impartation will come, but because of how God is leading us as a house and how God is leading you, some of this understanding should be in your heart. He says, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. One of the things I'm going to share with us tonight is being young or old is not really the issue. It is how we respond to God and it is how we appropriate grace. Whenever a person is not looking forward, religious spirits latch onto them very easily. And if, you, if there is anything like a school of demons, if you've done any study or anything like that, the religious, there are demons in charge of religion. And they are some of the, in terms of rank, they are some of the highest. Have you seen young people that behave like old people? You've not seen? Hopefully you are not here. Amen. Sometimes it is one of the ways that a religious spirit um, Manifest. So let's go on. Uh, okay, next verse. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. There is something about the strength. That we, that we get from God, the strength that we get in the presence of God. The way, the way the, the times that we're living in is, if you are somebody that is easily overwhelmed by what is happening around you, you will not be effective as a disciple of Jesus Christ and you will not you will not maximize the purpose of God for your life and that's why we're looking at that's why we're looking at some of these things you need to appreciate that people are fainting 
people are overwhelmed. People are tired. Hallelujah. And I'm not talking about people that are not, I'm not talking about people that are not saved. I'm talking about Christians. People are tired. Every one of us in this room and every one of us under the sound of my voice, somehow you will need to stay with God till this impartation happens. There is a way that God can strengthen you that you will keep going on this path till you see Jesus. And that's, that's the goal. It's not, um, God is not interested in people falling by the wayside. The psalmist said, when being overwhelmed is not the issue, but where you go when you're overwhelmed is the issue. The Bible says, when my heart is overwhelmed, what should happen? It says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So we need to appreciate that God does not faint. God does not get weary. And God has a lot of strength to impart you with. Amen. Because what God has called you to is bigger than you. And many times there are two temptations that spiritual people face. Of course, there's more than two, but for the sake of what we're dealing with. The greatest temptations you would face in your life, two, essentially. There are more than two, but I'm dealing with two this evening. You will either face the temptation to keep things as they are. Don't go forward. Just manage, just maintain as it is. Or you keep, you keep looking back. Hallelujah. But how many of us truly believe that your best days are ahead of you? Amen. There are better days ahead. Amen. And you know that this is even one of what I'm sharing with us this evening is even one of the secrets to long life. Whenever people can't see anything before them again, they are not really qualified to live. And that's what you just said. Somebody just slept and he didn't wake up. There is something about what is ahead of you. And I pray that God will give us understanding tonight. So with this background that I've tried to lay, let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. From verse 12. You can read the previous verses when you get home. Look at what Paul said. Paul said, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I do what? I press on. And trust me, that was why I took us to Isaiah first. It takes strength supplied by God as frequently as possible to keep pressing on. The Bible says the law, Luke 16, the law and the prophets 
were until John. And then he says, from that time, the kingdom is preached and every man presses into it. It takes strength to press on. He says, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Next verse, we'll still come back here. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or attained. In other words, I don't, many of the things we're saying, it's not in my hand yet. Do you understand? A lot of people are easily satisfied. One little breakthrough, whether it's spiritual breakthrough, they just forget themselves. But if you don't have this, your fervency will be limited. Amen. At some point, that religious spirit, it will, it will catch up. It will catch up with you. It's like a virus. And this is the only thing that can um, detonate it. He says, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Next verse. I press toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, now watch this, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. So it means that if you don't have this mind, you are not mature. It's the Bible. As many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Hallelujah. I do not count myself to have apprehended or to have attained. You now begin to understand when the Bible says, Woe, woe to him that is at ease in Zion. The word ease, it speaks about, it speaks about a a state of a person's soul that is just a false sense of satisfaction. He says, woe to that person because you are not seeing the future. You are not seeing what is ahead of you. If you forget everything that you hear tonight, just remember this point that there are things ahead of you and you don't rest till you Till you reach it. Amen. You know, sometimes the reason for laziness is because people cannot see the future. Amen. People can, and by future, I'm not talking about next uh, 20 years or 50 years. No, because that's another, that's another extreme. I'm talking about immediate, I'm talking about things that are not yet in your hand. 
things that should be in your hand, but they are not yet in your hand. Realities that should be in your heart, but they are not yet in your heart. That's what I'm talking about. So it's not just pushing, pushing things to the future. I will marry in 2020. That's not just what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. It says, I do not count myself to have apprehended. People that think like this, the fruit of their life is always different. This is one of the reasons why Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, that he that puts his hand on the plow and looks back, what did Jesus say? He says he's not fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. There are many people today that are looking back when they should be looking, when they should be looking forward. And it takes strength to, to look forward. Please, my, my brothers and my sisters, I want to encourage you, keep looking forward. The glory of young, it's not just to say I'm young. Amen. One of, the re one of the ways, one of the connections between youth, one of the things that young people are known for is that they have a, they have a better appreciation of the future. That's why even in our nation, the more we keep voting in um, people that are closer to the grave, you won't see much because it's psychology. The older you are, you look back. The younger you are, you look forward. It's a very simple, um, basic, basic concept. Amen. Looking, that's even naturally, that's even naturally speaking. How much more spiritually speaking? Jeremiah says, God said, call to me and I will answer you. And thank God he didn't end there. He says, I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know of. I've shared with us before, the word mighty there, it speaks about things that are isolated. Things that cannot be accessed by human wisdom. It would take God to show you for those things to become a reality to you. And there are things about your life that if God does not show you, nobody will show you. Amen. What am I trying to say to us this evening? People are weary. People are fainting. People are tired. And one of the reasons for that is that there is no price. There is nothing before them that they see, that they are chasing, that this thing must be, this thing must be in my hand. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, I count, I do not count myself. Time is running very fast. But I hope this is making sense one way or the other. I 
do not count myself to have apprehended. This is a major understanding that you must have. It doesn't mean that you should not appreciate what God is doing, but just know that there is, there is more. Hallelujah. There is more. Don't, don't settle for less. Don't be easily satisfied. And in every, in every area of your life, do you know that this is not the best version of you? As you are presently, you can be better than this. Practically speaking, amen. You can be a better Christian than you are now. Or you can express the Christ life better. So that's that's what that's what we're that's what we're saying. So this is not some conversation that is high up there. He says, I do not count myself to have apprehended. This is one of the secrets to being fervent. Hallelujah. This is one of the secrets to keep going. I've told us before, when things happen to you, maybe challenges or things that you can't really understand, one of the greatest things at stake is that your, the enemy wants to truncate your journey at that point. Going forward will always be a supernatural thing. Hallelujah. Because the enemy wants to stop people at different points. Some of us, this may not make sense to you now, but as you Go along. You get to a point where say, I can't, I can't take this. I can't take this anymore. Because Satan, you can call him anything, but never call him a fool. He knows how to how to plan these things and get people to this point. So you are not dealing with somebody that is, is foolish. Yeah, he's defeated. But the Bible speaks about the wiles. What are wiles? The Bible says the tricks. He's, he's crafty. He's, he's like this. Set this trap here. Set this trap here. Set that trap there. That's why you. the Bible says the snare is broken and our soul is escaped. But when God is with you, you will keep, you will keep escaping. Escape is not that you are very smart. It's that there is a God that is watching over you. They set this trap. It won't work. Set that trap. It doesn't work. And that is, that is our journey, basically, many times. Except you are, doing, you are not doing anything that is touching him. Hallelujah. So this understanding is very, very important for your life, for your business, for your career. Every area, everything that God has given you. I do not count myself to have apprehended. Let's talk money for, for, some, for some minutes. Some people get a sum of money. And they're just like, God just, God, just kill me now. Amen. And that happens because, do you know that the, the more 
the more visionary you are, you begin to appreciate the need for prosperity. So for, for some people now, one million is a lot of money. That's where they are. But when you see all the things that God has called us to do, you see that one million is, is like a drop. So you are great. it's not that you are not grateful, but you will not behave like somebody that has arrived. Do, do, do we understand what we're saying? People behave as if they have apprehended because they can't release. There's really nothing, nothing before them. And sometimes the enemy can even intentionally blind you so that you don't see anything. That's why you are not really, if there is anybody here, for example, and you can't really see anything about your life, you can't really see the next phase. Even with all these 40 days that we have done, with all these conversations that we're having, please go for a retreat. Hallelujah. Because we are not supposed to behave like people that have apprehended. He says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Please appreciate the fact that there are things ahead for your business, for your family, for your marriage, for your ministry. There are things ahead. Amen. And those are the things that will give you joy. God told, um, it was Jeremiah 29, 11, the scripture that we, that we love to quote. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. You have a future. Hallelujah. And somehow, God expects you to keep seeing, and, I, and I, I try to tell us what I meant by that word, future. Anything that God has told you about or God has promised you that is not yet in your hand, please don't behave as if it is in your hand. Amen. If you behave as if it is in your hand, it will not be in your hand. And you might get angry, you might get into envy and all those things. I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, amen. Can everybody say one thing I do? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. Hallelujah. Your, your, our discipleship will always be questionable if we're not reaching forward to the things ahead. Appreciate that there are, there are better days. Amen. There are better days. It's not everything that God has said to us that we've laid hold of. Let's not behave as if we have laid. This is the reason for work. This is the reason for prayer. You see it, 
and then you, you go for it. Amen. You see it and then you go for it. You know how many people are trying to go for things that they have not seen? It's a recipe for, for frustration. Hallelujah. So it's not just saying, I'm young. Remember where we started from. The glory of young men is their strength. A lot of strength is going to be deployed in this area. That's why you don't have time for, that's why you don't have time for a lot of things. If we're not actively involved in this, then we might just be left with religion and you will not maximize the things that you are supposed to enjoy. So this is a very, very important understanding. It's an important thing that God wants us to have. Let's stop looking back. Look forward. Amen. Do you know how many people that God, and that's why, I'm not just saying it because pastor has come, but I'm, that's why I, I'm looking forward to the, um, the militarization that we're having next weekend. Do you know that a Christian, and we say it many times, but I'm just trying to say it in another way. Do you know that God, compared to all the Christians in the world, how many Christians do we have in the world today? Statistically, at least one billion, Abi. We're told that at least one billion. Do you know that out of that one billion, how many, how many soldiers are in that number? Very few. Amen. So it means that the people that God is using to get things done or the people that God is using to um, advance his kingdom, statistically, they are smaller than the people that are called by God's name. And one of the reasons for that is because people are not really reaching forward. People are not, people are not visionary. You should be, all of us here should be excited about the future. And by future, we're not talking 10 years. We're not talking five years. I'm talking tomorrow. I'm talking Monday. What, what God is going to bring to our possession. Do we understand this? There is something about this that will always keep you, keep you fervent. Amen. We've, we've tried to define fervency before. There are many ways you can define fervency, but one of the meanings of the word fervency is um, boiling hot. Amen. So while some people are boiling with anger, you know, that's a useless, that's a useless boiling. Some people are boiling with anger. Some people are boiling hot with the plan and the purposes of God. There is something about purpose that is always reaching forward. Amen. The glory of young men is their strength. Young people look and I'm sure by now you know it's not, it's not age because there are many young people that are still held by their 
by their past. The glory of young men is their, is their strength. That's why you see, we looked at that a few weeks ago, uh, Caleb and Joshua. They were old men, but God singled them, singled them out. Amen. This is why some people are totally... See, let's, we need to appreciate the fact that some people are totally useless to God. Amen. God can't really do much. Or he can't even do anything with them. But they are just there. Because his love is just... They are just there. But they are not really... And you will understand this in the, in the story of Gideon. When he was telling him to pick his army and all of that. And he said that number kept... That number kept reducing, reducing, reducing. Not because God does not like numbers. But some people just have not learned to reach forward, to go forward, to reach for what is, what is ahead of them. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Yes. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's not look back. Let's keep looking forward. You have to be, you have to be visionary. Amen. You have to see the future. In fact, not just see the future, see the future before other people before other people see it. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus was talking to them and then he got to a place and he told them, he says, remember, remember Lot's wife. Now, what was it about Lot's, Lot's wife? Many things there, but she looked back. Amen. And then she became a pillar of salt. There is an urgency in the spirit that cannot afford us to keep looking back. Now, how many of you can look forward even physically? How many of you can look forward and look back at the same time? Amen. Even physically, there's a reason your eyes are here. God could have, God could have put it here. I want us to appreciate progress. Appreciate yeah, progress. Amen. We are the real, we are the real progressives. That word does not belong to APC. It does not belong to Lagos State. Hallelujah. We are the real progressives. And one of the things you need to sit down and ask yourself is, this is my life, the way I'm going. Am I, am I going forward? Amen. Not everybody is going forward. Some people are on one spot. Many people are actually, are actually going back. Hallelujah. I want us to appreciate this thing tonight. One of the signs of fainting, one of the signs of weariness is when we are no longer pressing for that price that Paul, that Paul uh, spoke about in Philippians 3. For the Upward call 
of Christ Jesus. Amen. We have to be visionary. We have to be visionary. I do not count myself to have apprehended. Praise God. What is another word for apprehended? Attain. What's another word for? Sorry? Achieve. Obtain. Amen. So, so, so we're getting this now. Understand that you can, you, can, um, you can say a lot of things, but not lay hold. Amen. And that's the way a lot of people are, are, are living their lives, living their lives today. Even pastors. They say this, say that, okay, what have we laid hold? What have we laid hold of? The Bible says, lay hold of eternal life. Amen. We are supposed to keep laying hold till we see Jesus. Amen. And then when you lay hold of, you know, sometimes you think you've even laid hold of something, but it just takes one event to happen or something to happen. You see that I've not really laid hold of this thing. But even if you have laid hold of it, and God has certified that you have laid hold of it, there is still yet much more, hallelujah, that we need to lay hold of. And I don't know about you, but this is a very, very interesting, exciting adventure that God has, God has called us to. So I do not count myself to have apprehended. And I love that verse when he says, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. You see, if you want to count, one of the reasons I love the Bible is that if you want to, um, the indices that he has given us for maturity, they are, they are very, they are practical things. They are not things that are high up in the air. Last, some weeks ago, I showed us one. The Bible says, any of you that has um, wisdom, that says you have wisdom, let him show by his conduct. We remember when I was talking to us about conduct. So your conduct would show us whether you have, no, it says, who is wise and understanding among you? He says, let him show by his conduct in the meekness of wisdom and all of that. Hallelujah. So, it's not enough to say, I have understanding. It will show by the way you are behaving. It will show by the way you are uh, responding to issues and responding to events. So, that's one indices. This is another indices. That if you, if you say that you are mature, which is another word for understanding, one of the traits in your life will be that you are somebody that is always reaching forward. Amen. Reaching forward. If you have this uh, mindset or if you have this heart, it's going to be very difficult for stagnation to meet you. Hallelujah. Do you know people are stagnated. 
Have you heard of Have you heard of Plato before? Not Plato, Stato. Plato, like you get to a you get to a place, and you just stop. Amen. In the workplace, they call it uh, they call it glass ceiling. You it means that you get to a point in your career, just you just begin to go down from there. Hallelujah. But with God, there is no there is no glass ceiling. Amen. We keep going. We keep going till we see Jesus. And that is the spirit that I want to impart to us uh, this evening. The spirit that keeps, that keeps going. Amen. It's not that, this is, this is not that I'm restless. This is not that I don't have anything to do. No. It's what we're seeing. It's the, it's the possibilities that we see that we're reaching out for. Amen. Do you know that scientists have told us that the best of us, we don't use up to, what's that number again? No, it's more than two. Don't make us depressed, Jerry. It's more than two. Amen. But it's a very low, it's a very low number compared to, hallelujah. So if people, so I think it's, I think it's, I think it's 10. Can you imagine? Amen. That's the best of us. And we know people that are very, very foolish. Amen. That means they've not even started using up to 1% of what... And this is, this is a big deal. I don't know about you, but this is a big deal. Because you just leave and go, and then on the other side, you know, one of the painful things in heaven is when they begin to show possibilities, things that could have been that was not. Maybe that's when some people would appreciate this conversation. But I don't think we have to wait till that time. At least let's have the heart. Let's, have, let's get the impartation now. This is how this kingdom will advance. I do not count myself to have apprehended, to have attained. Amen. We keep, we keep walking. You see some people, you see some men of God, they're in their 80s. Pisa, Pisa Gonde, he said that nobody should come and tell him to rest again. Anybody that tells him to rest is an enemy. Because what has he done? That people in their 80s, the way they are still, the way they are still walking, the way they are still moving. Amen. And then you know you've not done up to half of what they've done, but where they take over generation. So what question is what are we what are we taking over? Hallelujah. Or how are we taking over? So I do not, and this is a military term. So as we build up to militarization next weekend, I want you to know that you are not supposed to count yourself as one that has attained or one that has apprehended. Amen. You see, it's either the moment, the moment um, growth is not happening, death is already, death is already 
in operation. You need to, you need to appreciate this. Hallelujah. But do you know that even, even um, medically, that there's a branch of uh, medical science, I think they call it gerontology or so. They found out that a, even medically, a lot of development happens in old age. So the general um, assertion is that old, in old age, there is decline. But while that is true, there is also a lot of development that happens in old age. So how much more in, in spiritual things? So he that puts his hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. One of the critical components of the kingdom of God is reaching for those things that are forward. Reaching for those things that are ahead. Your best days are ahead of you. Amen. And it's not, it's not just a prayer. It's a fact. But our body language, our thinking must, must reflect this. Our work ethic must reflect this. Amen. So this is not just a good conversation. It's a very, very practical thing. This church, for example, now, our best days are ahead of us. God forbid that our best days are, are behind. The question is, what have we seen? Amen. Let's take miracles, for example. I know um, we have testimonies. Some we share, some we don't really share and all that. But a lot of things, there are still a lot of possibilities. Amen. But when people begin to behave as if they have apprehended, then they shut themselves off those possibilities. So Paul said, I count, I do not count myself to have apprehended. It's a very, very um, important understanding for us. It's a very, very important attitude that we must, we must carry. People are behaving as if they have laid hold when they've not laid hold of anything. Amen. If you, if you are supposed to lay hold of 100% and you lay hold of 40 what are you supposed to continue doing? You keep looking forward till you lay hold of, of the remaining. Amen. And the greatest fear of this is that whenever people have not laid hold, and this is where would would end, whenever people have not laid hold, but they are behaving as if they have apprehended, the religious spirit catches up with them. Hallelujah. And once that happens, it's, it's very, very difficult to... I've, I've told us before that we're not necessarily um, trapping God because we're young. Amen. 
we're trapping God because we're deploying, we're deploying our strength in the right, in the right areas. In Proverbs, the Bible says, this same strength that is the glory of the young person. For example, the Bible says, do not give your strength to women. Amen. That means that some people have carried their strength and they've given it to women. Forget about glory. Amen. Do you understand? He said, so it's, it's, not, it's not automatic. That strength is, is meant to be deployed in a certain in a certain area. And it's not very easy to keep looking. It's not very easy to keep looking forward. One of the things God will have to, God will have to train many of us how to see beyond the present. Many of us, you think you are seeing beyond the present. Maybe you do it once, you do it twice. But I'm talking as a state of mind, a state of heart. You will see that sometimes just looking beyond the present, you know that you don't even really have, you don't really have a problem. The, the challenge might still be there, but you can see beyond the present. That's what we're, that's what we're saying. I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, is that, that word forget is not just that I can't remember what is. It means that the, the strength of my emotions, my time, my engagement, that's not where, that's not where it is going. It is being deployed in another area. The Bible says in a race, everybody is running. But it says run that you will obtain. Amen. Hallelujah. Run that you will do what? Obtain. Many people are not goal-oriented. Many people don't, don't have a goal. Many Christians, let me not say many people because I'm talking to God's soldiers. Many Christians, many soldiers don't have a goal that they are running towards. Amen. And this is the whole essence. We're straining ourselves. We're doing everything so that that goal that we have, and I'm not just even talking about, I'm not just talking about going to heaven. Before we even get there, the things that have been said concerning you, the things that God would have you do, how many of them have you laid hold on? In that scripture that we're looking at, Philippians 3, Paul said that I, he said that I may lay hold for the, the, the reason for which Jesus called me. So calling self is not enough. Amen. Do you know how many people God has called, but the purpose has been defeated? So this is something that we'll really have to stay with and we really have to, have to, keep, have to keep looking into. 
Avoid a kind of Christianity where there's nothing before you. Amen. Avoid a kind of Christianity where there's nothing that you are reaching forward to. And this is not just for the pastor. It's for, it's for all of us. Because if it's Jesus, if it's kingdom, then there will be things ahead. The Bible says we are persuaded of better things concerning you. Hallelujah. And many times those better things, we have to reach out for them. We have to lay hold on them. Praise the Lord. So let's go back to Philippians 3. I think the point is made. Then we'll just wrap this. We'll just wrap this up. Hallelujah. I do not. So in the light of all, all that is happening, the season where we have come to, the people that are not um, reaching forward, they are not going to be effective. They are not going to be effective soldiers. Hallelujah. And when you are not an effective, that Luke 9.62, it wasn't just talking about um, backsliding necessarily or going to hell. But one of the major points there is that undivided, it speaks about an it speaks about a divided attention that eliminates a person from God's maximum use. Amen. And it is that it is that that word, it's a holy word. You need to put it in your in your vocabulary. Many people do not maximize destiny. Many people do not maximize the grace of God. For example, everything that the grace of God is supposed to do for us on this side of eternity, a lot of people are not maximizing it. Some people just use 30%, 40%, and they are okay. So we're talking about God's maximum maximum use. Praise God. So that you will be able to say like Paul that I would, I, I would very gladly spend and be spent for the Lord. Do you know when you, have, when you have spent something, is there anything remaining? Amen. Some of you know how you, how you spend money. There's nothing, some of us can blow 100k in five minutes. And if anybody comes after that five minutes, even 1k, they will not get from you. Amen. That's what we're talking about. Maximum, maximum, maximum use. Not just, um, not minimal use. Amen. Between minimum and maximum, choose maximum. Hallelujah. Many people are going for, for minimum, but God is calling us for, for maximum use. So I do not count myself to have apprehended. This doesn't mean you won't be a grateful person. It doesn't mean you won't appreciate where you are. 
but it's just, it's just, it just means going forward, walking till you see what, till you see what you want to see. Amen. Understand how many of us appreciate the fact that some things maybe have happened in the spirits, but they are yet to manifest. That's a, bit, that's a very simple way to understand what I'm trying to say to us. Don't rest till you see some certain manifestations in your life and in the life of, in the life of other people. Don't be easily, this is how you will not be easily carried away by um, success, for example. Some of us are beginning to see some, some signs here and there of prosperity. For example, that God is with us. Do you know that you can easily get carried away? Amen. You get carried away to the point where we don't see the fullness of what we're supposed to see. Understand that any, I've told us before, anything that can be full, it means it can be half. It can be quarter. And the enemy fights, the enemy fights fullness. There are many of us in this room, our testimony is not yet full. We're on the road, but we just need to press on. If you stop, there are certain manifestations that you will not see. So Paul is saying to us, and it's a technology that we'll all have to master for these days. I do not count myself to have apprehended. Let God find you walking. Let God find your sleeves rolled up, as Pastor, as Pastor likes to put it. That's why it's so easy for people to just relax and just um i'm telling you some of the urgency in your heart it is not in everybody's it is not in everybody's heart some people just feel that what is the what is the force what is the force about and that's why i started by telling us that grace is more demanding than the law if you if you forget everything that i said tonight also please remember that Grace is not for, the, the reason for grace is that now there is more work. Amen. But God will help us. That work will not um, overwhelm you and, and you keep going. Grace is not just that we're lounging. Amen. No. Grace is for work. And we must learn to maximize the grace of God. Hallelujah. If not, you will just be talking, just be talking many things. You know how many people are saying things on Facebook? Amen. People are saying, people, a lot of people, a lot of people ha say things that are louder than the fruit of their lives. Amen. Reject it. Say, God forbid. And that's how the enemy wants you to be. Amen. There are pastors that say things that are more than the fruit of, of their ministry. That's why people, some people now begin to exaggerate testimonies. Do you, know there are, do you know there are many pastors that lie? They exaggerate testimonies. 
Say, God, God did this. God did not do anything. God healed this person. The people, some of them are dead. They are not healed. All kinds of, all kinds of crazy things are happening. Some people even now hire ambulance. They hire the, they hire the crippled and all that. They settle just to make, just to make an appearance, make people believe that something is happening here. But nothing is really happening. That's why I always tell us, let us know what we're doing. And one of the things we're doing is that we're, we're laying hold. It's not just to be shouting lambano, lambano, which is, the, which is the Greek word for this. Some people are shouting lambano, but they are not laying hold. They are not laying hold of anything. In fact, the more they are shouting that lambano, the thing is just... Moving back, moving back. Amen. But subscribe to a kind of Christianity where you know what you are going for and you, you want to lay hold. Eternal life, prosperity, kingdom life, where are laying hold. At the end of this year, you, you ask yourself, what did I lay hold of? It's very practical. Amen. You know, when you lay hold of something, it means that you have that thing on lockdown. Amen. You have it. It's not that you are trying to be, it's not that you are trying to be humble. You have it. And you must get to a point in your walk with God, you know what you have and you know what you don't have. Now, what you have, hopefully, there are things to do not to lose it. What you don't have, you can go for it. Amen. And that's what we're saying. Let us be people that are constantly going for it. If you say you are going for the enemy's juggler, go for it. Don't, don't, don't have his leg and stop. Amen. You know, if you have someone's leg and you don't have their juggler, they can still escape. Amen. But if you have him by his juggler, then you know you, you, you got the job done. Praise the Lord. And I pray that God will help us and God will give us understanding. Let us maximize the grace of God. God is releasing so much grace on us. Make up your mind that you would, you would maximize it. You won't just be talking, talking high, high things, but you don't have anything to, to show. I count not myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things, reaching forward. Let's keep, let's keep looking. Let's keep looking forward. Another day we'll talk about people that are looking forward. There's a way they, there's a way they are. There's a way, there's a way they conduct themselves. There's a way they talk. There's a way they reason. Amen. Amen. Do you know you can have a conversation with somebody for five minutes and you know whether they are looking back or, or looking forward. But that will not be you in the name of Jesus. You would reach your goal and you would truly be a soldier of Jesus Christ. Hope this helps you. God bless you.
Thank you, man of God. That's, that's a good word for us. Amen. That's a very great word for us. And so, let's begin to make plans. Huh? Let's begin to make plans. Like those who are really, who are really reaching forward. Yeah. Make, make plans. Amen? Yeah. You need to have action. Action points. Huh? Action points. Uh, decisions on how on how you live. Amen. Every tomorrow has a current behavior. Every future has a current behavior. And so if you don't wear, there's a behavior that produces a future. So you need to wear the behavior that will produce the future that you are desirous of. And that's what God checks. And that's how we can go through our trials. Because we're living in the reality of that future. And we're overwhelmed and we can despise our current circumstance. Amen. You, you can't live, you can't be living in your current circumstance, whether good or bad. You can't live there. And, and that's what Pastor Obi was saying. You become old when you are not reaching for something. You become it is it is one of it is one of the uh, one of the ways to die when you don't have what you are reaching for you are you are you are preparing for death so you need to have that and um, that needs to that needs to overwhelm you and there needs to be a behavior don't don't behave like the miracle you have. Behave like the miracle you want. Get the behavior. Get the behavior. Get the consecration of it. Every tomorrow has its own consecration. Confession without, without consecration is whining. You must have consecration. You know, if you want to see good days, the Bible says you should refrain your lips from evil. That's a consecration. I have a consecration not to speak ill of anyone. Now, not because I like people, but I like a great future. So it's a consecration. There are consecrations. There is the consecration of uh, doing prayers. We're praying and we learned how you know, every, every future has a price. Now, the price is not, it's not necessarily, it doesn't equate the future. It doesn't equate, it just, it, it proves seriousness. Huh? 
If you want to go to university, you buy jam form. Am I correct? So it proves seriousness. So you need to find out the price. I was leading the guys in prayer and I, and I gave you my personal example. I was asking God for, there were two things I was asking God for at two different times. One day I was asking God for a particular virtue that he has. So I told him I want to be the one who has it most in my generation. So I was praying and asking him and asking him for it. And then he responded to me and he showed me something in my life. And the thing was not a sin. And he just says, can you do without that? He says, if you can take that out of your life, then you are truly having a conversation with me on this matter. Now, he didn't say, if you take that out of your life, you'll get it. He's saying, but if you take this out of your life, then you mean it. Then we'll talk about it. So I stopped the prayer, and I went to do what he asked me to do. And I said, all right, let's talk. He said, okay, let's, let's, keep, let's keep the conversation going. I want it. There's another time I was asking him for something. And I told him, I wanted this stuff. And we were talking about it. And he said, you have to spend more time reading the Bible. And that was this. That was it. There's those who have it. Read Bible more. He says, this comes through the Bible. There was a day I was asking for something. And I was waking up one day. And I whispered in my ears. Uh, 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 not my spiritual ears. Almost literally my physical ears. And he says, this one only comes by prayer and fasting, this particular one. 17 years ago, 15 years ago, I was asking him for something. He told me, this does not come by prayer and fasting. 17 years later, I was asking for another thing. He said, this only comes by prayer and fasting. So, the, the, the future has a protocol. Huh? And the future exists. The question is, are you going to step in? <laughs> the future of Pasadena, it exists. Real. The future is not like something that will happen. It's something happening. It's just that you, are not, you have not entered. You do, you've not got... You've not. When you go to America, that's not the day America happened. Right now, people in America, America is happening no more, no more, no more, no more. It's not, you, are, you are not the one that will start the nation. The nation exists. The problem is you don't have visa. You will join what's going on. In the same way, I tell you for a fact, your future exists. The question is, are you going to step in? Are you going to arrive? I say, I've come. I say, oh, wow. Is it not you come? You're welcome. Sit down. This is why you, you can despise wherever you are now. You can, you can, you can, don't, don't be, don't, don't feel too bad or too great about where you are now. You know, you can, you can check out, check out to another place. And this is very true. 
I want you to know that this is very true. And why am I saying I want you to know this is very true? Because this is how you should think. Pastor Aidy, when people are taught the word and they take it as a preaching, as a teaching, they will never get the fruit of it. In your poops and handkerchief. Preaching has no power to change anybody. Pastor You know, people have heard stuff. People have heard stuff. The challenge is people are not childlike enough to completely believe what they have heard and begin to start a plan on it. They just enjoy it. Now, imagine, imagine I'm, I'm telling you now that your future exists. But this same you will still come back and cry about what you are going through. Is this is you because you didn't believe me? You will still cry about what you are going through and all of that. Because if I told you, if, if somebody told you that something exists physically and you believe the person, you won't cry. You say, Oh, there's there's still meat. Oh, okay, I'll come for some. I'm telling you, I'm telling you categorically that the future exists and if you do one, two, three, you're going to step into it. So why are you still worried? Because you don't believe me. Now, this was the same thing I was told. I was told this by Shego Martins when I was 16 years old. I was told. I called him some weeks ago. Daya, you were, you, were my, you were my office. I had to send you away. I called Shego Martins. I said, Pastor, you told me all these things. He said, yes, I did because I saw it. I said, yes, you know, I believed you. I said, Shego Martins, I believed you. He said, boy, do you know you haven't scratched it? I said, yes, I know Shago Martins. He says, boy, you haven't scratched it at all. He says, I saw in you what I didn't see in every other person. He says, and boy, you haven't even scratched it. And he told me some things. Now, the things he told me are exact as he told me. They are more true than whatever is in my biology textbook. This is why I live as definite as I do. As definite, as precise, and ex as exact. Predictive. I can predict it. And this is why I am not overly excited. That's why <coughs> anyone who is not sober has forgotten God. Yeah, there is a soberness with which you should do life. This soberness is not lack of joy. Soberness is living in his glory and in his presence. Are we together here? I was four, four days ago. Sorry, I have a little cold. Four days ago, I was in my I was in my cor uh, corridor, my closet, my where my clothes, my shoes are. 
and I turned right. And I was just trying to pick something. And the Lord said, the amount of money you want is too small. And I had a sharp rebuke from the Lord. He says, the amount of money you want is too small. Now, not want as per prayer point. He was saying that the amount of money you have made room for, he says it's too small. It's smaller than what you are meant to do. I'm like, God, I'm sorry. He says, because you have only now, and I've been, I, didn't, I didn't know I was doing it. I'd messed myself up. I'd equated, I started using my faith for, the, for what we want to achieve now. And God says, it's already forming a stronghold in you. Now, don't you, stop using your faith for what you want to achieve. Now, what we want to achieve now is huge. It's a little rather, but then it was huge in my eyes. And I locked my faith to it. And God says, now that's become your frame. He says, but that's not how I want you to be. He says, so break that stuff. Think about, think, begin to think like this. And he told me the amount of money I should be thinking about. Because he can't do anything more than my natural thoughts. <laughs> what you think without thinking is the prayer that will be answered. The, the thoughts that happen by themselves is the, is the future you are going to. So what do you do? You now force new thoughts in and, and, and mechanically work it to you, they become natural to you. Now, what I've told you is exact. Do you know I'm telling you what I'm telling you is exact? You could plan your life with this and you will get the result I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what's in a textbook. I'm telling you exactly how it will happen. Now, when you when when we check, let me show you just one scripture. So it's not just about what you hear; it's how you're it's how you're listening. Luke seventeen twenty two. Pastor, a lot of people are too excited. They're too excited. And sometimes, they are too presumptuous. And that's why people don't know how to do retreats. A lot of people, when they retreat, they hear for themselves and they think they have heard God. When you, when you go on a retreat, take your Bible, get a secluded place. Don't pray too much. Don't talk too much. To do a retreat is to set your heart. Create a timetable. Set your hearts. Don't prove to God you came to fire up. Listen, you didn't come to fire up. You came so that he can put fire in your heart. Now, you fire up every day. You should do that every day. But when we are talking of retreat, you are saying, God, you are the one that must speak. It's not you trying to prove to God that you are now on fire. That you have changed your ways. <laughs> you just you sit down now. Sorry, I'm preaching, talking with this authority. I was this. It was my father that trained me this. I just got this one right. It was my spiritual father, Pick Your Lowerly, that trained me. 
but now to go for a retreat. I didn't know how to go for a retreat for many years, even though I've gone for several retreats. But he trained me on how to do a retreat. I'm like, what? Amen. It was so exact and powerful. You go there, and then you keep reading the Bible every time, listening to messages. Now, your, in, your inquisitiveness, you, you put it in your heart, and you, you just keep, let that thing keep speaking to the Lord. And then you can create a timetable, morning, afternoon, night. And say, Father, I'm here for you. Maradama Kibo, Father, I'm here for you. Don't impress yourself. Don't try to be a prayer champion because you are not. Because there's something about when God comes, it's a different thing. May the Lord bless your heart. Let me tell you what the Lord told me today. No, yesterday. About the woman and the Holy Spirit. The Lord asked me a question. Which is more powerful? Power or influence? God asked me, which is, he said, Zach, which is more powerful? Power or influence? And I knew the answer because he was talking to me. I knew the, the answer from him talking. I said, influence. Because I thought it was power. It's influence. He says, it is the one that owns the influence that directs the power. The one who has the influence will determine where the power will go. Now, now when, when a politician says that we lock you up, will he lock you up? Can he lock you up? He has influence over the person that has the power to lock you up. He has influence. He will call the person that has the power. He cannot. A short politician like this can look at you and say, I will deal with you. I will debate you. Talk about lawyer. You will not even know who you are again. I will, I will finish you. Now, he's not going to touch you. But he has influence. Over the person that will touch you. And God said, What women should pursue in the home is not power. What they should pursue is influence. He said, That's why I've wired them the way I wired. If they stay, if they stay in my office, the way I put them, what they will have over their husbands is influence. I give the man power. I want them to have influence. And that was how the first fall happened. It was Adam, God gave all the authority. But, but Satan went, influenced the woman because Satan knows the woman has the influence. And the Holy Spirit told me, Zach, you know, I've put the power in the church. But, but, but you see, the reason why the power is not directed rightly is that the, the, the children of God are not allowing me to influence them. If we, if we allow the influence of the Spirit, we will see the power of God released. Power is controlled by influence. So, and so the Holy Spirit says that if you allow me to influence you, you will see power.
So we need to keep reaching for more. And I like, I like the tone of the message. It's a practical thing. You must have a plan on how to what? To reach for more. You must have a plan. There must be a plan. Is it more glory you want? What's your plan? What's your plan? Is it more money you want? What is your plan for more money? There's a plan for more money. There is a plan. I have a plan for more money. I have a plan for more money based on the revelation God has given me. I have a plan. I have a plan to get more money this year. Yeah. And I already told my wife the plan. Now, it's based on what God has revealed to me. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to act it out. Like, that's what will not make you religious or a hypocrite. Re- re- hypo- hypocrites or religious people speak, but they don't act. So I'm going to act it out and um, I know that it will bring me more money. You see, whatever you want, watch your plan. I was telling somebody that, you know, Pastor, uh, Pastor Lulu has graduated. They ah, just like that. When did she go? You need to put actions into time so that times can yield good things for you. Action. If the year ends today, it's a good year for me. You need to put action into time. What's your, you want, you want a better marriage? Okay, what is What's the plan for the better marriage? What are the actions? What are the steps you are going to take? I had to tell a particular couple, go get this and these messages and then go lock yourself. You see, when, when, two, when the husband and wife decide, okay, in one week we want to find out God's word on how to move this marriage forward. If they do that for one week together, they can save 20 years in that home. Just one week. One week of doing the right thing, they can save 20 years. If they decide, okay, we'll, we'll pray every day for the next two weeks, it will not be the same marriage again. It will not be the same marriage again. If they say, okay, this message is, I'm going to sit down, listen to them, not sit down and write notes together. It will not, immediately the marriage will not be the same. The past will be healed, the future will be, will be, will be, you know. And sometimes you, you'll be shocked that the way two weeks can save 30 years. I tell you the truth. One week. So you must have a plan. Are you with me? Yes, Something you're reaching for. You want to be at this level in your career. What is your plan? Who do you know that if you learn under, your life will, not, your life will change? Then go learn under the person. Get that thing done. What's your plan? Your plan is your true prayer point. Is the proof that you truly want something. And we learned this from Jesus Christ. By the time the man of God was 33, friends, he was done. Why? Because he didn't waste time. Are my friends here? 
said to his disciples, when the days will come, don't worry, let's not even go there. It's a lot we'll be unpacking 